Hi, I'm Les Heron, and this is my podcast, The Journey Life with, again, you're totally right, me, Les Heron. And this is part two of Eight Ways We Can Encounter God. We're in an Encountering God series. This will be my third podcast on this. I did, the first one was Ways to, ways to Cultivate Your Heart to Open Up to Encounters to God. Now this is uh, part B or part two on eight ways we can encounter God. I'm going to go through five through eight on this podcast. And then I hope to do a podcast uh, about a week after this one that will be ways to cultivate your mind. Because there is a there's a heart and mind cultivation that go together, of course, but I like to separate them. Uh, for me, it's been super helpful to think about engaging my mind and aligning my mind to the things of the spirit instead of trying to align the things of the spirit to my mind. Okay. So there's practices that we put into practice and that helps us practice encountering God. All right. I'm going to start with number five. Again, this is part two of this podcast on ways we can encounter God. They're not all the ways. They're some of the ways, and I would love it if you would shoot me an email or respond to one of my Substack articles, or if you're listening to this on Facebook or YouTube, you can respond there. I'm not super quick at responding, being slow, meaning a few days. I get off uh, my computer. I get off social media different times throughout the month and throughout the week. And then I find it hard to, when I'm traveling, to respond. I'm working on that more and more. But when I travel, I get a bit engaged with where I'm at and with who I'm with at the time. So when I like to travel a lot, or as I like to think about it, just the right amount. All right, so this fifth way that we can encounter God is through nature and creation. And a lot of Christians get uncomfortable with this idea that through nature and through creation, we can encounter God. I have found it to be my experience that I encounter God a lot through nature, a lot through sunsets and sunrises and rainbows and thunderstorms, not as much as in heat waves, okay, or really cold weather, but when you're in a in a setting where there's a majestic snow-capped mountain, mountains, rivers, beaches, sand, deserts, uh, Utah, wintertime, red rocks, sand, and craggy kind of mountains with scrubby brushes on it and snow beautiful. I love it. And I experience God during those times often. Now, encountering God can be a sense of awe and wonder and delight and boom, blowing your mind when you're in nature and creation and you see those things. And, and again, I don't understand what the struggle is unless Christians are in nature and creation thinking that nature and creation are going to take place of God. Whoops, that is what happens. But it doesn't happen to happen have to happen to us. It does not have to happen to us. 
we can appreciate and encounter God in nature and creation and not make nature our God. All right. It is awesome to get a sense of awe and wonder and to know God made this or on a more personal level to to see i I just uh, last week i drove by mount ebert i think it's ebert it's the tallest mountain in colorado it's over fourteen thousand feet i spent a couple days in leadville colorado which is like the two mile high city because it's over ten thousand feet in elevation anyways it's majestic i pulled over and i looked at some of these mountains i just look sat there looked at them they still have snow on them not a ton of snow but there's a there's an awe and a wonder and I know the creator. In fact, he's my dad. My dad created this stuff. Is that not what we believe? Is that not what we believe? That God put the sand in the beaches and he makes the waves come and go and flow and ebb on schedule, on his schedule and his creation? And would that then not reflect his glory? And should not that then evoke a deep, spiritual sense of connection and gratitude within us psalm 19 1 says the heavens declare the glory of god the skies proclaim the work of his hands the heavens are saying something the skies are saying something they're like hey people Hey, hiker, fisherman, hunter, walker, driver, road tripper. Hey, this is God's stuff here. Look at the sky. Look at the clouds. Now, I always travel with my with my uh, really nice Canon camera of a super nice um, camera. And then I always, of course, have my phone. I always try to take pictures of the heavens, of the skies of the landscape, of the beauty and majesty of the natural world around me. And it's hard, almost impossible to translate. In fact, you can't. You can look at it and have a little appreciation, a superficial appreciation for what I'm seeing or what the photographer's seeing. But being there and feeling the temperature and the wind and the dryness or the humidity or the moisture or the the sounds or whatever it is, it's it's there's a there's a magnificence about it. In fact, I was driving. I've been around Pikes Peak multiple times, but never up it. And I had an opportunity about four years ago to drive up, but I was by myself. I was driving up. It was a Sunday morning. And I didn't go to church. My buddy went to church. I didn't go to church. And um, you could see to you're driving up. And at one point to the right, which is going north, you can see these snow-capped mountains, which is the, it's a clear day. You can see like the Rocky Mountains. And it looked like it extended all the way into Canada. I'm sure I couldn't see that far. But I, I pulled over. I started crying. I was like, it was magnificent. It was like, oh, oh, that's how I want to think of God with me. That's how I want to think of of encounter that, oh, he's real. And he's he's given me some signs that, point to him and pointing to him isn't like i'm i'm just like pointing to him but i can't get there but like he's here and he's beautiful and wonderful and bigger than i can imagine and he blows my mind now romans 120 and i'd love to share 
couple, I'm going to, this is the last verse I'm going to share on this, but I'd love to, you know, if this, if this, if you struggle with this, go read Psalms 19.1 and uh, go read Romans 1.20 in different translations and look at it and talk to God about it. But we should not be afraid just because environmentalists and hippies, I don't even know if, if they use the word hippies anymore, just because they've taken over some of the language for the beauty of the earth doesn't mean that we shouldn't use, we shouldn't be appreciating it. So Romans 1.20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. We can look at the river. We can look at the, the mountains. We can look at the landscape and the stuff around us, and it can be clearly seen from what has been made that God is who he says he is, and he's got these crazy, awesome, big qualities. All right. And that because people can't see it, can't see him in it, doesn't mean it's not true, doesn't mean it's not there. All right. Moving right on. Number six, spiritual disciplines. Now we covered prayer, we covered um we covered prayer and we covered scripture and we covered worship, all of which I believe are spiritual disciplines. But I wanted to put in the fasting meditation, silence, solitude, uh, the more contemplative stuff that isn't sadly embraced by very many Christians. We're so busy feeding our intellect that our our emotions and the quietness of our emotions uh, or our spirit is often drowned out by the noise of our intellect. And I found the meditation and silence and solitude and this contemplating the Lord, like with nothing in front of me, except maybe a pad of paper, but sometimes not even that, that when I do that, then something is quieted within me and I hear something different. All right. And so I'm encountering God in a deeper way. Meditation for the last few years i've been working on it and it is tough but meditation i mean i mean just being there and being quiet and closing my eyes and saying, god i'm here I, I believe you're here i trust that you're here i i can hear you i can hear you easily i was created to hear you god and i go from there and sometimes i talk in meditation the quiet I don't know if that's called meditation, but sometimes I'm just there and I'm listening. And there's a trick I learned, or not a trick, but a practice I learned that when I close my eyes and I'm just imagining the Lord sitting in front of me, being quiet, letting him open the conversation, is that if something comes to mind, I just see it as like a canoe going down the river. Oh, there it's it just left my eyesight. It came in from over here, whoop, and it went out over there. And then I have another thought and went out from over there. Another thought, and I just keep and I just keep going back looking at that river. Me and Jesus sitting on the river. And it's a helpful practice. It's using my imagination to encounter the Lord. It's using my imagination to to train my brain to hear him and to see him to train my brain to not get in the way of my spirit that wants that deep communion with the Father. 
All right. So these practices, they, their goal is to quiet my mind, to open my heart and to cultivate a receptive posture or positioning before the Lord for his presence, for his encounter. And there is super hard. In fact, all of last year or most of last year, I had a 30 minutes of, you know, encounter present presence of God, encounter God, just different things. And man, it was the hardest thing on my list. It was the hardest thing on my calendar. I would always put it on my calendar because I would always have it on my list. And I've been being more quiet. And I've done things where I have Steve Backlund from Igniting Hope. I sometimes have his sleep declarations. And I, I declare those things about my sleep, about the dreams at night. Well, God will talk to me. And I use those. And they are super hard spiritual disciplines. Here's the truth. I would rather any day sit and study scripture for three and four hours in the morning and write and study scripture and think than to be quiet for 30 minutes. It is hard. It often quietness, it's call it just meditation, just being with the Lord almost feels silly. It feels embarrassing. Well, what did you do this morning? Well, man, I, 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 I did a pod, I wrote a podcast and then the next morning, tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up and I'm going to, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to record that podcast. And the next morning I'm going to edit that podcast. And the next morning on Thursday, I'm going to, I'm going to release it into the world. But it's, it's harder to say, what did, what did you do this morning? I sat on my chair with my eyes closed, didn't say anything, tried not to think. Practicing hearing God, practicing not just hearing God, but sensing God. For a person like me, oh, that is so hard. And I think it's been probably since 2016, 17 that the Lord has kept pursue my presence. That's that's the thing, man. Go after that. I've done a lot of work for God. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed ministry. I've enjoyed my life in ministry, and I've had been in some really hard situations. Uh, I was in one situation where I got hired as the uh, Christian education pastor, and within six months, 850 out of 1,000 people left the church after the pastor got arrested, and I became the pastor. That was not easy. It was fun in a lot of ways. God did a lot of great stuff, but it was difficult. It was hard. Lots of mess in there. So but he's been telling me that for like six or seven years, and it's hard, hard, hard for me to do. Now, a lot of people, uh, again, like the whole nature and creation thing, they struggle with this spiritual discipline. James 4, 8, the first part of James 4, 8 says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. In the previous, I think it's the previous verse. It might be a little bit before. It might, it might not be James 4, 7. But notice that we resist our enemy, and yet we draw near, get close, surrender to God. And do you know what? As important as communication is, and as important as talking is, and I, can't, I cannot overemphasize the need for more people to be communicating more in spiritual ways, in relational ways with people, and getting their words out there. But sometimes there are barriers 
between us and others, and sometimes there are barriers between us and God. We go with a teaching prayer, and we teach God. We go with how we figured everything out, and we tell God that's what we want. And that's prayer. That's a beginning of conversation prayer that is then supposed to, like, turn into us going, oh, you're telling me something different than I want. I now want what you want. All right? So another another scripture on this meditation or being quiet. Um, oh, before I go, I'm going to finish with meditation and being quiet out of Psalms 46.10 when it comes to spiritual disciplines. But spiritual disciplines are also church attendance, financial giving, serving your community, serving at your church, even it just being a greeter, uh, learning how to teach Sunday school, doing something. These are spiritual disciplines. Being in the house of God, I know, and I know we are the houses, but there is also a place where houses gather to be developed and to go out, to worship together and to go out, okay? So, man, if you're not financially giving, you're missing out on a, a really simple spiritual discipline that will bring your, your, your mind and your heart with you as you write that check, as you give that money. That's a whole other conversation to have, but you, you're going to change if you get connected to a local community. Don't expect a lot from it. Just be there. Let the Holy Spirit work through you. If your pastor's messages aren't great, the Holy Spirit's always there sitting next to you going, oh, the Holy Spirit can teach you when you're hearing some of that stuff, okay? So to end with Psalm 4610 on being still, on meditating, on solitude, on contemplative practices of being quiet, it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know. Be still and, and we're like, well, I, I already know that he's God. I no, no, you don't. Not you don't know no that you know no, that you know super deep, like that he's God. And if you have like me a little bit, then there's always like more and 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 deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and higher and higher and higher and higher and wider and wider and wider and bigger and stronger and more density to knowing God. I think that's what we forget. See, our mind gets in the way. Why would I be still and know that I that he's God? I already know that he's God. No, you don't know. You just think you know, and you know a little, little, tiny bit. Be still. I like that be still because it's like, it's like, let, let go. Relax. I like it when it's read something like, let go and know that I am God. So you sit down and you got all these issues about, the president or politics or relationship or life or your finances. And God's just like, dude, relax and know that I am. Dude, just relax. Let it go. And when you relax and let it go, what you're saying is drop it out of your mind. And then you'll have a deeper understanding of who he is. All right. The Passion Translation says it like this. Surrender your anxiety. Let it go. Be still and stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. All right, moving on to number seven. Number seven of the eight ways we encounter God. This number seven is acts of service and love. Service and love. You can and should expect, and if you believe, you will, Find that encountering God can occur through acts of service and acts of love and compassion and acts of good works towards others. 
when you're giving to the least of these, something happens. And this is why I love this one. And I think this is why people may grow weary in doing good to others is because they don't, they don't have any expectation that there's a reward for them. And their reward is not just in heaven. I want us to get over that, that those who seek God, those who pursue God, there's a reward for that. That's a scripture. That's in the Bible. I know you hate to think that there's rewards or thanks for people that pursue God. All right. But there are, and there's things that, that we get when we do certain acts, we get certain things. And we often teach that those certain things are when we die in heaven. That's totally not true. That's fully, we, that's where we get our reward. That's where we, you know, where we get the, the, the absolute abundance, but here on earth, there's things we do that we then are given other things. Okay. And we should get okay with that. The death of Jesus is what provides a life and life more abundantly. All right. Not my death. I participate in abundant life here and now here on earth in prison with cancer, with bad relationship. I experience, I have the ability to experience his abundance. If I pursue him, if I, I like this a lot, Matthew 25, go read Matthew 25. It says the King will reply. Truly. I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. There's a bunch of people in front of the King. He's like, come on in. You get to come into the kingdom. You get everything that's in my kingdom. You are now citizens of my kingdom. And because whatever you did for one of the least of these of my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And they're like, we didn't do it. When did we meet you? When did we see you? There's a whole other group that didn't do anything. They're like, we never saw you. And he's saying, when you give a cup of water in my name, it's like giving it to me. I show up. That's where and how we can encounter God in acts of service and love. Have you ever, have you ever like met someone and you're just overwhelmed with the, uh, uh, your, the, their gratitude towards you, you're giving to them. And there's a, there's a God moment between you. I've had this and it's, it's just a wonderful thing. We, we were in church for about 12, 13 years in a, in a, beer and wine and mu music venue in downtown Tomball. So we had a lot of people come, like they slept in their cars. They'd come in barefoot, tank tops, shorts, uh, drunk all night, sleeping some in you know, the bushes behind us and some across the railroad track. A few in storage units would come to church there. But there were moments that of, of giving, of acts of love and service where God is super present. Whatever you're doing, for the least of these you're doing for him. How much more mystical does it get than that? You're doing something in the flesh with belief and heart connected to it. All right. And uh, right there, mystical, the invisible shows up. So we, we have this tangible, practical that we want to regularly participate in acts of service and love. Giving financially, yes. Giving regularly to to a, a, a church that you attend, that you're getting get, getting life from, and that's spreading the gospel. But giving also throughout your week and throughout your day, 
gratitude and compliments and things like that and cups of water and clothing and visiting prisoners, prisoners, taking care of widows and orphans, all those things, there's potential to encounter God. I want you to have an expectation if you do those things that you're going to encounter God and you're going to be rewarded with things of the kingdom as you do those things. I want you to have an expectation that you're going to encounter God in the, either in the midst of those acts or afterwards because he's going to be very present because he's, he's saying, you did it to me, and he's inviting you into the kingdom. He's inviting you into the kingdom. He said, here's some kingdom stuff for you. Here's some intangible, mystical stuff because of this tangible act, all right? It's, 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 it's just a great it's a great thing. The counterpart of that is that sometimes in the invisible realm, the tangible appears. He says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, invisible, intangible, and all these things will be added unto you. What things? Sh says here, shelter, food, clothing. All right? So our tangible works translate into an intangible spiritual act that manifests as an encounter with the Lord and manifest as intangible and probably tangible rewards, all right? And on the other hand, our intangible beliefs and prayers and spiritual giftings, some of those weird ways we encounter godless spiritual gifts, like the prophetic word of wisdom, word of knowledge, sometimes those tangibly translate into manifestation of physical items, okay? 1 John 4, 12 says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So I want you to hear that. So that, that love that we have for the Democrat, for the Republican, for the Trump voter, for the Biden voter, for the abortionist, for the pro-abortionist, the, the pro-lifers, for those who drink, those who don't drink, those who go to church, those who don't go to church, Methodists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Catholics, Mormons, Assembly of God, which is the church I go to, all of those things. When we have love for them, doesn't mean we have to accept anything that they say or believe. We have love for them. We can disagree, but our hearts are loving towards them. God is living in us. And then his love begins to be made complete in us. All right. So on number eight, of the eight ways we can encounter God is the, I just put the phrase here, all the weird ways we encounter God. And I put weird just because they're different. They're not very intellectual. And I don't think we need to intellectualize them. In fact, I think I stated this already in this podcast somewhere that we need to learn to submit our mind to the things of the spirit and align our mind with the things of the spirit instead of demanding constantly that the spirit align with our mind wouldn't that be horrible if we were the one that got to uh demand and got to direct the holy spirit i mean they did a documentary on it called um bruce almighty <laughs> that was a joke bruce almighty is a comedy and a guy you know gets the power of god for a little bit and it drives him nuts 
But wouldn't it be awful if you were that person? So we, 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 we want to submit our mind, our intellect, and our emotions, and our body to the spirit. And we, know, we already know that about our body. We, we want to you remain morally pure. We want to do good things. We want to live a certain way. We don't want to kill people. We won't, don't want to commit adultery. We don't want to steal. We don't want to vandalize. We don't want to riot and hurt people or destroy property. We know those things. All right. But then when it comes to like, oh, I need to submit and surrender and align my mind and my emotions with the spirit, then we have a lot of trouble with that. So the weird ways I'm going to list them out. I, I wrote a list here. The weird ways that we encounter God are through the prophetic when people prophesy over us speaking in tongues. When we speak in tongues or someone speaks in tongues around us can be super weird and by weird i mean uncomfortable disconcerting we don't like it uh all of all of our teaching against something like this comes up against it and we have a hard time enjoying it even culturally enjoying tongues if you don't speak in tongues and you don't believe in the prophetic why not just enjoy corporately or why not just enjoy the culture of what's going on unless you think it's sinful and uh not godly then that would be a problem but we hear god in weird ways like words of wisdom words of knowledge and people give those words of wisdom words of knowledge and uh there's there's differences between the prophetic word and words of wisdom and words of knowledge i'm not going to go over those but some more weird ways are uh dreams and visions utterances sensations sounds feelings physical manifestations, memories that you have in, in just perfect moments. When you read something and you're not even reading uh, for an answer and then God tweaks something and that just moves you and twigs over to this other thing and that's the God thing. And then there's the, the even weirder stuff, the tangible awareness with our physical senses. Now, we're okay with people mo most most believers are okay with people hearing god as long as it's not his audible voice there's a lot of argument around audible voice i've never heard the audible or even the audible voice of god at all it's always a certain way i hear or typically and but i'm practicing hearing god so there's other ways that are adding in that are helping that and um but these these other uh, manifestations, these physical manifestations that are tangible awareness with our physical senses would be like seeing, like if you had an open vision or touching and feeling like something was being uh, manifested on you, uh, tasting something of the spirit, uh, smelling something of the spirit. I have a really ridiculous uh encounter with god that that, that that went over like three days at a conference of smelling and i was like so irritated because i was absolutely sure the church i was that, that the conference was at was actually piping in a smell turned out amazing i really need to share that if i can do it without being really embarrassed nah i'm not embarrassed about it but that that smell was 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 a shocker for me i picked up my daughter yesterday from uh, camp and she had an experience where she she has dreams a lot in the in the in the natural sense and she's got like a like a seer thing about her it's really fascinating she's only 16 but she had uh just a, a glimpse like a little video glimpse and then a word for someone 
And it's the first time she's ever gone and gave that word like right away, right then. And, and her and the other young lady were wound up crying on the ground. So we all hear and see in different ways, but man, it's something that we want. It's all the weird ways. And I will probably need to do a totally separate podcast on all the weird ways we encounter God. All right. I hope this was super helpful. I hope that you will share this um, with me or for me or share it. Just share it. And if you need to find me, I finally did find my Substack address. It's L. H-E-R-R-O-N-L-Heron.substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K.com, L-Heron.substack.com. Um, I guess I didn't really, wasn't really sure that I had that, but I have that. And it's like a little web pagey thing, but it's got everything I've written uh, in the last 10 or 11 months or since January at the very least in my podcast. You can find me there, follow me. You can find me at the Journey Life with Les Heron on YouTube and the Journey Life Church on Facebook. Man, I would love to see you there, and God bless you.